Hello. 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 Hey. Can y'all hear me? Everybody, can you hear yes. me? Yes. 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 There's yes. a lot of echo. Yes. I'm gonna try to mute y'all again. If y'all don't mute, then I'm gonna need all y'all to all y'all to mute your own phone. Hold on one second. Um, everyone, mute your own phone. Um, mute your phone, please. Kim Proctor, I need you to mute your phone. Thank you. Anna, it, mute it your was, phone. It was muted. I'm muting it back. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and get started. Can y'all hear me well? Yes. Yes. I, yes. Shahana, I can hear you. Yes. Yes. Oh, hey, yeah, I can hear you. All right. Do me a favor, um, everyone. Just um, put your own phones on on mute, and we'll just go from there. Because I just hear some feedback, and so I'm just trying to make sure um, the recording is going well. All right. We'll proceed. We'll proceed. We'll proceed. All right. Um, thank you all for being here this morning. I'm glad that you're here. Had just a few technical difficulties. I appreciate you all for uh, carving time out of your schedules. Uh, I'll give you those two minutes back probably by day five. I'll give you those two minutes that I owe you. Um, many of you are here because you are in my morning class. Many of you are here because uh, you maybe heard, um, you maybe received an email or a correspondence that way. I will make sure that I work on the fact that I hear people. Um, I hear people kind of in the background. I don't know what what their problem is. It's probably some type of te technical difficulty, but we will uh, proceed. So just stay focused, Isaac. I want to go ahead and pray, and then we'll proceed. Lord, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone who is here, um, whether they're in route on their way to work or whether, Lord, they are um, at home uh, or out of town. Um, I thank you for allowing them to be here this morning. And, God, I'm praying that over the course of the next five days, that, Lord, you speak to them in their lives, that, Lord, you say something to them, you do something for them, God. You encourage them in a way that only you can. Use our words, use the book, 
as a reference, use the word of God as a tool to be able to speak to our hearts and to our spirits. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do, what you have already done. Awaken on the inside of us something that is lying dormant. Lord, we need to be reignited. Lord, we need to be reminded of who we are and who you have called us to be. So, Lord, we thank you, God, for uh, your Holy Spirit, and we thank you, God, for uh, waking us up this morning in our right frame of mind. And so, Lord, speak to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I thank you all again for being here. Do me a favor. Just make sure you mute your phones. Don't think your phone is muted. Mute it. Um, and then that way... We won't be able to hear uh, anything. But thank you all again for being here. And you are here because we are talking about um, becoming a champion. That is, that's why we're here. I, um, I sent out a syllabus to those of you who emailed me. And if you don't have a syllabus, if you don't have any digital paperwork of what's going on, what we're trying to accomplish, email me at um, isaaccurry.com or IsaacCurry at whitemail.com or any other email address you have on me. Just email me and tell me that you want the paper syllabus, uh, and I'll send that to you after class. What I need from you today, and I'm just doing this because this is some of the things I want to share with you before we get started, is that I need for you to make a commitment over the next five days to not only be present, uh, not only to be on time, but I need you to make a commitment to create time for devotion, uh, to read further what we're discussing this morning. I'm asking over the next five days to go above and beyond that whatever it is that we're discussing, whatever it is that we're supposed to be reading, I am asking you to make the commitment to do just that over the next five days. And I believe that God will do something in your life because some of us, we just need to be reminded. And some of us, we just, it, it's, it's mid-year. It's not the New Year's anymore. It's the last time we did a teleconference. But... Um, some of us need to be reminded, and I need to remind you that you only get out what you put in, and so you need to make this investment. I know you probably didn't get the book, but get the book. It's it's only five dollars. You 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 can you can sacrifice not going to McDonald's or Taco Bell if you will still eat those those things. But um, I want you to make the commitment to get the book. It's not a requirement, but I believe. Uh, in my heart, that it will challenge you. And it's a very simple read. It's a very simple read if you just do that. Um, how did this come about? I was, uh, as you know, I've had surgery recently, and I've been out for about four weeks. And so I was just losing my mind. And so I, I remember I had went to North Carolina to my mentor's uh, conference, Stephen Furtick, um, and I remember that he was making reference to a book that he had read because he had a sermon entitled Go Pro in this leadership conference, and he made reference to Stephen Pressfield. And in making a reference to Stephen Pressfield, um, he talked about this book that he had called Go Pro, um, a turning pro. And so I decided then uh, a few weeks ago that I wanted to uh, – get this book. I didn't know what it was going to say or I didn't know what kind of book it was. So I opened up the book and it's, and if you read the book, it's unorthodox. It's just very simple. It's just a few, it's like journal entries, for example. And it kind of, it just, it gave me exactly what I needed. It was a reignition. It, it, it challenged me. And many of you, even before 
uh, we we started our, our thing at six o'clock just talked about how this book spoke to you um, and how it challenged you and and I want this this series to do the same thing for you. So through this series, I want to use Stephen Pressfield's paradigm for what it means to be a professional and what it means to be an amateur. I want to use his. I want to build on his framework on for becoming a champion. I'm building on his framework, and and, and in his book, he builds his book off of his life's tension. Because if you read the book, he talks about his life and, and being stuck in between uh, being an amateur is, who is underachieving and running from his identity and becoming a champion who is actually embracing his calling. And so if you read this book, he, he lives his life in this ever-present tension between being an amateur and being a professional. And in his book, he defines an amateur as someone who lives in the past. You know, and he talks about living in the past, we, we create a highlight reel that is edited together from events that almost took place or events that should have occurred. And he talks about the payoff for living in the past or focusing so much on the future is that you never have to do the work in the present. And he talks about, uh, he gives another identity of what it means to be um, an amateur. An amateur lives by the opinions of others. And that is, Amateurs allow, well, he was talking about amateur allows his identity and worth to, de to be defined by other people. And I know that not just for myself, having ever been caught, you know, even as a pastor, being caught in that tension of, of, of what, of thinking about other people's opinions about yourself. And he talks about um, another thing of identifying an amateur is allowing fear to stop him or her from acting. An amateur is terrified, he talks about it. An amateur is terrified to actually become his true self or her true self. Fear, he says, is the primary color of an amateur's interior world. Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of looking foolish, fear of underachieving, the fear of actually overachieving. There is a fear of actually becoming who God has called you to become. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, that makes so much sense because many of us, there's something in this book called the fear of failure, and we hope to fail so we don't actually have to live up to who God has called us to be. And many of us have become so comfortable being in that space of just not walking in who God has called me to be. And one last thing he talks about is that an amateur is easily distracted. And there's two things, and you'll read something about resistance, but there's two, thing, two things in amateur fears. That is solitude and silence. And he said, when we're living as amateurs, we're running away from our calling, our work, our destiny, the obligation to become our truest and highest selves. And so I'm reading this book, and for some strange reason, I find myself in the book in, in First Kings chapter 19, and I find myself in Second Kings chapter 2. And so this entire series that we're entering into next month, and even the, over the next five days, I couldn't get myself out of these two chapters. And so when we're looking at becoming a champion over the next five days, we're looking at two characters. We're looking at Elijah, and we're looking at Elisha. Just give me ten more minutes. And, and we're looking at these characters and, he, and God first brought me to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. 
And so I know many of you had a chance to read it, and you're wondering, where are you going? How do we see becoming a champion? And we find someone in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 19. When you read it, you find a man who was on the run for his life. He's filled with fear. He's complaining. He's depressed. He's lonely. He's sleepy. He, you see this in chapter 19, and he's crying out to God. He's complaining because everybody left him. He's lonely, and, and, he, and, he, and he's, 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 he's living in a cave. He's sleeping in a cave. And God has to approach him and says, what in the world are you doing here? And I don't think God was talking about what are you doing here, this place. I think he was talking about what are you doing here, this mindset. But, but when we look at, 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 at 1 Kings chapter 19, we're wondering, how can you, what is it that you see here that has anything to do with the champion? And I'm glad you asked. Because for me, you really see the tension if you look at, at 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18. Because in chapter 17, you see a man of God who spoke and there was no more dew or rain for three years. You see a man who thrived in the wilderness on a, uh, a ravenous diet. The, the ravens fed him and he and he, and he lived out in the wilderness. You saw a man who, by, by, in chapter 17, you would have identified him as a champion. If you look at his characteristics, you would have said, he's thriving. He, he's doing what God has called him to do. Then you look at chapter 18, and chapter 18, he, he sees 800, over 800 prophets. And he calls them out to Mount Carmel only to prove to them that their God that they're serving is not as strong and powerful as the God that he serves. I mean, if you look at chapter 18, and he was very cocky, he was very confident. I mean, you saw a champion. But for some reason, when we get to chapter 19, we find him running and he's hiding. I mean, Elijah is depressed in chapter 19, but that's not the same person we see in chapter 17 and 18. On one hand, he's exhibiting the characteristics of a champion, but on the other hand, he looks like an amateur. And so, but, but, but when I look at that, what it teaches me, just because you're doing good stuff, just because you're doing stuff and you're putting the Lord's name on it, just because you're helping people, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a champion. Because when we look at chapter 19, as soon as Elijah is faced with conflict for the first time, the amateur in him begins to rear his head. Conflict has a way of showing you who you really are. See, age does not determine your status. Age does not determine whether or not you're an amateur or whether or not you're a champion. You can be an old amateur. You can be a young champion. The truth is, sometimes I feel like what I call a part-time champion. Sometimes I feel like I'm getting it right. Sometimes I feel like I'm just totally missing the mark. And so that's why I'm looking at this and I'm saying on one hand he looks like he got this thing together, but on the other hand he looks like he's just an amateur. He looks like a part-time champion. But see, when I think about a part-time champion, right now, see a part-time champion, we want the anointing, but we don't want the work. We want the position, but we don't want the pressure. We want success, but we don't want to submit ourselves to the process. You, when you're a part-time champion, you preserve your energy, your attention, your commitment for when it best suits you. Everything has to benefit you in order for you to be all in. You see, I need you to understand this before you leave today. And, 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 and I know you might say, I said, I need you to be committed for the next five days because I promise you the Lord has something to say to you. Becoming a champion is not a stage of development. It is a spirit. And you need to understand that you cannot lease a champion spirit. 
You can't rent a champion spirit. It's something that you have to. It's something that you have to have. It's not a stage. You don't just. Oh, I eventually. No, you have to have a champion's spirit. Some of us, I said in our pre-time, are professional amateurs. We know how and when to perform and pretend. We know just. We we do just enough to seem like we're fulfilled when we're really not. We do a lot of stuff that's good, but what we're doing is not our calling. You can actually be a champion in your career and an amateur in your calling. I'll say it again. Somebody needs to take that note. You can be a champion in your career, but an amateur when it comes to your calling. You can be a champion at work, but when it comes to working, but being an amateur when it comes to working on yourself. And so when we look at, 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 at chapter 9 of 1 Kings and just introducing this becoming a champion, when I look at chapter 19 and I look at chapter 18 and 17, in between 18 and 19, I believe that Elijah is making the difficult transition from an amateur to a champion. And that transition is usually activated or triggered through, through crises. God uses crises, God uses our trials, God uses our tribulations to help us to become the champion that he has called us to be. God has a seed on the inside of us called a champion, and God uses different things that, that happens in our lives to allow that champion seed to actually become what it needs to become, that harvest. We talked about that yesterday. Your divorce, job loss, betrayal, sickness. All these things God uses. God uses our crises to help us to become the champion that he has called us to be. But the question is, how do you respond in the face of conflict and desperation? That's what determines whether or not you get to become the champion. It's not an option. I know in, 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 in Stephen Pressfield's book, he said being a professional is not for everyone. No, it's not an option. God has called you to be a champion. It, God doesn't want you to be an amateur all your life in your spiritual life, in your romance. You can't manage your emotions, but yet you, 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 you have something to say about everyone else. We are we are an amateur in certain areas of our lives, and my, my challenge to you today is to ask God to reveal to you the areas of your life in which you are performing as an amateur. Just one thing, though, when we're looking at this text, when we're looking at this text, Elijah is depressed. I mean, Elijah is depressed. He's, he, he's by himself, and, and he's sleeping, and the Lord has to wake him up and say, look, you're going to die if you don't eat. And then finally, he's in the presence of God, and, and, and God said, why are you here? He says, he gives him this excuse, look, everybody is gone, and I'm running for my life. I'm about to die. Lord, just take my life. Lord listens to him. He says, go out there, go outside in the cave, and, and watch me. And so he comes in different ways, and, and we thought he was going to come in the earthquake. We thought he was going to come in the fire, but he just came as a still, small spirit. And the Lord says, what are you doing here? And he comes up with the same excuse. Well, everybody's gone, and, and everybody's turned their back, and, and I just take my life. But then God only God responds and says one thing, and this is the thing that stood out to me the entire time looking at this passage. God didn't respond to his complaint God didn't say, God only said one thing. God told him, I need you to go back and I need you to anoint three people. Now, this is the thing that got me. 
He said, I need you to go back and I need you to anoint two kings and I need you to anoint a man by the name of Elisha. And I need you, I, I, I need you to do these things. Now, now, here it is. He's complaining. He's depressed. And all God tells him to do is, I need you to go back and I need you to I need you to anoint three people, and to anoint them means that you have to develop them, means that you have to come alongside them, means you have to deposit your life inside of them. And so I believe in essence what God was telling him, I need you to multiply yourself because you can't be a champion in isolation. God was telling him, I, I know you have all these complaints. I know you're unfulfilled. I know you're depressed. I know you want to leave here, but you can't be a champion by yourself. You can't be a champion unless you are developing people around you. And the truth is, you find me someone who is unhappy with their life. You show me someone who is unfulfilled, and I'll show you someone who is not directly depositing their lives into someone else, who is not multiplying themselves. The truth of the matter is, Elisha, his calling was birthed out of Elijah's desperation. If Elijah never had his experience, Elisha would have never been called. He would have remained in the field plowing when we find him in the end of, 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 of 1 Kings chapter 19. And the question I have to you is, how many people are still plowing in the field because you refuse to develop a kingdom mindset? And so my challenge today, and I'll leave you with this because it's 620. This is what Stephen Pressfield said in his book. What do we get when we turn pro is we find our power, we find our will, we find our voice, we find our self-respect. We become who we always were but had until then been afraid to embrace. He says, becoming a pro in the end is nothing grander than just growing up. We got some growing up to do. And what my challenge to you, my homework for you today is to to ask you and lead with this permeating question, what area of your life are you currently performing as an amateur? Is it how you communicate with your spouse, your significant others in your spiritual life? Are you extremely selfish? Are you angry? Is it your romance? Is it your marriage? What area of your life are you performing as an amateur? Ask God to reveal it to you, but that's not enough because the thing is we'll know what to do and we still won't do it. We don't have the presence of mind. We don't have the discipline to act on it by ourselves. But whatever God reveals to you, I double dare you to ask God to help you to follow through because the truth is a champion is someone who follows through with what they know to do. So will you ask God to give you the courage to take the necessary steps of becoming a champion and stop making excuses? Start making decisions. Listen, God didn't call you to be a part-time champion. God didn't call you to be a professional amateur. God wants you to be a champion, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to find out how to do that over the next five days. I need you to join me tomorrow as we talk about the power of preseason. What does that really mean? You all have a wonderful day. It's my prayer that God blesses you on your journey and your work, whatever it is that God touches you today. I'll see you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Talk to you tomorrow.